Hello and welcome to the IT Governance Podcast for Friday the 19th of May 2023. In our 7th of April podcast, we reported that the outsourcing firm Capita, which has some £6.5 billion worth of public sector contracts, had suffered a cyber incident, which was later confirmed to be a ransomware attack carried out by the Black Basta Group. Given the scale of Capita's operations, it was inevitable that the attack was going to have significant further repercussions. As more and more stories begin to emerge, this week's podcast focuses on the wider impact of the Capita incident. Later on, our CEO Alan Calder will be discussing what organisations can learn from the ongoing fallout from the Capita attack. But first, the news. The USS, or University's superannuation scheme, has warned around 470,000 of its members to work on the assumption that their personal data was exfiltrated in the Capita attack. The USS, one of the UK's largest pension providers, uses Capita's Heartlink technology platform to support its pension administration processes. Although Heartlink itself was not compromised, the USS reports that it was informed on Thursday the 11th of May that, regrettably, details of USS members were held on the Capita servers accessed by the hackers. The information potentially accessed includes their title, initials and name, their date of birth, their national insurance number and their USS member number. The USS said, We're awaiting receipt of the specific data from Capita, which we will in turn need to check and process. We will be writing to each of the members affected by this and, where applicable, their employers, as soon as possible, to make them aware, to apologise for any distress or inconvenience caused, and to provide ongoing support and advice. It continued, We're sorry that member data has been accessed in this way. We're proactively engaging with Capita in respect of their ongoing investigations and are considering the next steps available to us. We also continue to engage with them about the ongoing support they'll be providing to those affected. According to The Telegraph, as many as 350 corporate retirement schemes also use Heartlink, so the USS is far from being the only one affected, making this the largest such hack in British history. Companies thought to use Heartlink include AXA, EE, BAE Systems and Marks and & Spencer. The Telegraph reports that a spokesman for the pensions regulator described the fallout from the March cyber attack as an ongoing situation with more detail emerging daily, and said, We're calling on all trustees to work with Capita to understand how their scheme may have been impacted, to fulfil their responsibilities as data controllers, and to warn members of the threat of scams and how to protect themselves. And what will the ransomware attack cost Capita to remediate? Somewhere between 15 and £20 million. In a statement issued on the 10th of May, Capita said, As noted previously, the unauthorised intrusion was interrupted by Capita, which resulted in the impact of the attack being significantly restricted. Capita understands now, based on its own forensic work and that of its third-party providers, that some data was exfiltrated from less than 0.1% of its server estate. Capita has taken extensive steps to recover and secure the customer, supplier and colleague data contained within the impacted server estate, and to remediate any issues arising from the incident. Capita is working closely with all appropriate regulatory authorities and with customers, suppliers and colleagues to notify those affected and take any remaining necessary steps to address the incident. Capita expects to incur exceptional costs of approximately 15 to 20 million pounds associated with the cyber incident, comprising specialist professional fees, recovery and remediation costs and investment to reinforce Capita's cybersecurity environment. Capita has also taken further steps to ensure the integrity, safety and security of its IT infrastructure to underpin its ongoing client service commitments. 
And as if this all weren't enough for Capita to deal with, the ransomware attack is also causing other security issues to come to light. Colchester City Council has accused Capita of a serious data breach after it was found to have left an Amazon Web Services S3 bucket containing thousands of customer files exposed online for seven years. According to TechCrunch, which broke the story, the AWS bucket contained approximately 3,000 files totaling 655 gigabytes in size and wasn't password protected. The exposed data included software files, server images, numerous Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations and text files, one of which contained login details for one of Capita's systems, and some file names that suggested data was being uploaded to the exposed bucket as recently as this year. As Computer Weekly observes, AWS S3 buckets are private and secured by default, and as of January 2023, the service now encrypts data by default too, so other than being compromised in a targeted attack by an insider or a cybercriminal group, their contents can only be revealed by improper configuration and mismanagement. Richard Block, Colchester City Council's Chief Operating Officer, said, The Council is extremely disappointed that such a serious and widespread data breach has occurred and is robustly addressing the matter with Capita. I want to reassure all residents that we're taking steps with Capita to fully understand how they've caused this data breach as well as any further action required. We understand that this issue will cause concern among residents and apologise to those affected on behalf of Capita. Our top priority is to safeguard the privacy and security of our residents' personal information and we're taking swift and decisive action to investigate the situation and ensure Capita's processes are improved to avoid any future breaches. That was the news. Now, IT Governance's CEO Alan Calder discusses what all organisations can learn from the Capita breach and from Capita's response. The interesting thing about the Capita breach is the way in which Capita have uh, carried out a well-trodden path of... um, pretending that they haven't had a breach, uh, admitting that they have, but it hasn't harmed anybody, uh, discovering it's harmed some people, and finally admitting it might have harmed quite a lot of people. It's a kind of path of response to cyber breaches, which um, was best publicized by Target probably uh, five or more years ago. And most large organizations seem to think that um, uh, there's nothing to learn from uh, the way in which that uh, set of responses damaged target. So much better for an organization to say, you know, we spent a lot of money on cybersecurity. Um, we've had a breach, which means that the attackers spend a lot of money on cybersecurity. Uh, we are hard at work. We have our track response team uh, tracking down exactly what they've done because our planning is based on the fact that sooner or later somebody's likely to uh, breach our first, second, third line defences, and we've built cyber defence in depth. Uh, We're very resilient, um, and we will keep you posted over the next 24 to 48 hours, 72 hours, and the weeks after that, as we identify what's happened. Um, Bearing in mind, of course, there's some tactical security issues will uh, lead us, which will lead us to uh, be fairly careful about what we say, because uh, if we're on the track of cyber criminals, we don't necessarily want them to know uh, where we're at. But perhaps we'll keep you posted as well as we can. Much more response most people. Um, if big organizations got in the habit of producing that kind of response, organizations, customers, stakeholders would increasingly understand the message, understand the logic of cyber resilience, understand that cyber defense in depth is the only possible way that an organization can 
deal successfully with the challenges that come in today's cyber threat environment. And that kind of leads me into uh, a couple of other questions, which is, um, do we just focus on cybersecurity uh, or what? Uh, Capita is a classically good example of the fact that uh, a cyber breach is almost certainly also a data breach. And the tendency that many organizations still have of treating GDPR compliance, privacy data protection uh, compliance as a separate area of activity from cybersecurity is quite clearly wrong because uh, here we are, Capita has had a cybersecurity breach and the data that's been exposed is the data of a large number of uh, individuals, uh, pensioners, customers of their customers. Uh, and there's a strong likelihood that the risk to those individuals would fall into what GDPR calls high risk. Um, and therefore, there is an obligation on Capita as um, a either a processor to report to a controller or as a controller, depending on uh, the different relationships, uh, to share information with the people whose data has been compromised as to the nature of the compromise and what they're doing about it. Um, and the subsequent Information Commissioner's investigation will almost certainly look at the requirements which are in place between processors and controllers around uh, reporting cybersecurity incidents at the way in which controller, uh, where capital is a controller, has done its risk assessment. Um, and all of that will have bearing on any fine which emerges from, uh, from the breach. You cannot tackle uh, privacy without thinking about cybersecurity and vice versa. When you build a cyber defense in depth framework, you need to make sure that it's reflected in your uh, contractual arrangements with processors. If you're a controller, if you're a processor, you need to make sure that what you're doing ties into your uh, controller's contract with you because your obligation as a processor is directly to the data controller. And all of that needs to be reflected appropriately in privacy notices and privacy policies. Go hand in hand. Data security and privacy go hand in hand. Uh, you need integrated teams. You need integrated strategies. Your cyber defense in depth is also a privacy defense in depth framework. They go together. But that leads into the bigger question, which tends to go through people's minds as soon as you talk about cyber defense in depth or privacy uh, um, in depth or data protection by design and default, um, which is, ooh, that's likely to be expensive, isn't it? Um, and hey, it takes money. There's no question about that. But the right amount of money to spend, how do you determine that? In the case of Capita, the likely costs of uh, putting right the uh, the breach uh, is already forecast to be between 15 and 20 million pounds. Um, and once they've done that, they're still going to have to go on investing to go on protecting uh, the, the data and the systems. Um, so how much should they have spent? Well, if they'd already spent 15 or 20 million pounds that they haven't spent on building cyber defense in depth, um, they probably wouldn't be in this mess right now. We see exactly the same thing in so many breaches. The um, Irish um, NHS had a ransomware attack. A year or so ago, uh, they decided not to pay the ransom, sensible thing, um, but the cost to them, um, uh, I think on last count, was something in the order of 40 to 50 million uh, euros. How much should they have spent on cyber defense, on data protection, in-depth data protection by design and by default? Well, 40 to 50 million euros would have been quite a good 
uh, amount of money to spend because then they wouldn't have had the attack. They would have been able to deal with it, all of the disruption to their business. Because remember, when you look at the costs of a cyber breach, you're not just looking at financial costs. You're looking at management time committed to dealing with it. You're looking at disruption of business processes. You're looking at uh, loss of credibility. You're looking at loss of trust from stakeholders, from customers, from whoever uses the service. All of that tends in these calculations to be treated as a uh, intangible, immeasurable. Uh, it's not got a financial number on it, so we don't pay any attention to that. But the costs, nevertheless, are real. So if you're thinking about what should you be spending on cybersecurity, say to yourself, if we have a breach, let's pretend uh, we have a breach because, oh, you know, how difficult could it be? All we need is one person to click on a link in an email, um, maybe a new starter who hasn't yet been through our training, um, as a result of which uh, ransomware downloads onto the system. And let's pretend the ransomware has been sent by a fairly sophisticated criminal uh, gang operating out of a fairly sophisticated crime environment. Um, and it gets onto our system as a result of which uh, we have a ransom demand. What are we going to do? How much is it going to cost to recover? And whatever the answer to that question is, and you need to be a bit uh, conservative in arriving at the numbers because it'll cost you more than you initially think it will, that's the amount of money that you should be setting as the starting point for your investment in cyber security and privacy by design and by default. It's going to cost you that anyway. And the fact that it won't cost you that next week or next month um, doesn't mean it's not going to cost you that because you're going to get breached. That's one of the racing certainties of life. Death, taxes, cyber breaches. Those three things are going to happen to uh, uh, every every uh, individual, every organization. Organizations die, um, they get breached, you pay taxes. Unavoidable. So spend the right amount of money today to at least minimize the impact. You can't stop it happening, but you can minimize it. It's a bit like um, investing in individual health. Uh, uh, you know, it's a kind of point in most people's lives where they decide that regular exercise, dropping uh, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever other things they enjoy doing um, and focusing on uh, living healthily is a good way to add a number of years to your life. The same truth applies to organizations. Um, putting in place real cybersecurity defense in depth is a good way to prolong the life of the organization. Waiting to get breached um, uh, and to a critical life support uh, while you try and uh, put things right is simply not an intelligent way of going about managing stuff. Um, yeah, it costs money. I know the financial circumstances are uh, challenging in many parts of the world right now, but I promise you, if you have a cyber breach, they're going to be even more challenging than you currently find them. So, right time to get started on cybersecurity, on data protection by default and by design is today, not tomorrow. Uh, you may already have hackers inside your uh, network and systems. Today's the time to get started. Run penetration tests, put the right governance, risk management, compliance policies in place, build the capability across the whole organization to demonstrate across a range of uh, um, security and privacy frameworks that your stakeholders and customers are looking for. Demonstrate that you are in a good place, that you have a genuinely in-depth, defended, resilient organization able to, because you've got that in place, able to concentrate on doing what you're there to do, looking after your customers. Uh, that's kind of why we say, talk to us, our expertise, um, your piece, 
and your peace of mind means you can focus on doing what you're here to do. Thank you, Alan. That's it for this time. As ever, you can get in touch with us either by leaving a comment on the blog or via Twitter at ITGovPod, that's my account, or at ITGovernance. We'll return in a fortnight, but until then, our archive is on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And you can find everything you need to implement and maintain cybersecurity defence in depth on our website, itgovernance.co.uk. 